good afternoon. This is uh, Vincent from Stevenson Harvard. Uh, well, we are a law firm uh, in comprehensive legal services providing. So shipping is about one quarter of our practice. So we also do corporates and capital market. So uh, in relation to shipping, then we can not only we can provide not only in relation to uh, bank loans, uh, leasing, but also uh, helping on the M&A and also on the uh, on the capital market thing. Uh, as part of the practice of shipping, so we also have uh, 11 offices across the world, so we're covering most of the finance and uh, uh, shipping center in the world. Uh, let me introduce my uh, panel speakers. Uh, this is uh, uh, Uta uh, Abonia. Uh, she has about 20 years in shipping and shipping finance. Uh, she was with a, a leading German uh, bank in the past, and then she moved to <laughs> Singapore uh, in early part of 2006, I think. And then she joined uh, uh, Epic uh, Gas for 12 years now. And you also lead the listing of the company's business in Oslo uh, back in 2014, I think. That's right. Yeah. And next is uh, uh, Mr. Peter Schutz. Uh, he is the uh, CFO of uh, a uh, very famous Pacific person. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was with uh, BW Group, of course, for many years, and then he joined the uh, PB two years ago, um, Mr. Peter. And next is uh, uh, Gutan uh, Kalana. Uh, he is the uh, CFO of uh, Precious Shipping. I say he has about <coughs> two decades in the shipping field now already. And one of the things I would like to highlight is uh, he has very uh, he has done different things in the shipping side, so he has a lot of a variety of experience, I would say. So a really a shipping man. Uh, our last uh, guest speaker is uh, Vikram Haranandani. Uh, Vikram, he is the CFO uh, for Scorpio Barker and Scorpio Tanker. I think you got about 15 years in shipping already. Yeah, and, and director uh, of finance. Yes, shipping and finance, that's right. So we have a very strong panel of uh, international ship owners here, and I would say they are all very established, reputable ship owners, and they are from different jurisdictions, and all listed. <laughs> it's a very good, uh, transparent uh, corporate governance systems. Now, I want to start with the first question. Uh, perhaps you can, each of the speakers can introduce a little bit about your company, uh, your existing fleet, and uh, how you finance the fleet currently. Please start with. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Uta. I'm the CFO of Epicas, as Vincent introduced already. Uh, Epicas is an owner and operator of APG ships. We are in the small pressurized sector. Yeah. We currently own and operate 40 ships. Our vessel sizes ranges from um, three and a half to 11,000 cubic meters, so we cover the full spectrum within the pressurized sector. Mm -hmm. Uh, we mainly move APG on our ships, about 20, uh, sorry, 75% uh, of our cargo is APG. The balance is PETCAMs. Our ships trade globally. Uh, half of the fleet is uh, trading in Southeast Asia, and the other half is in, in the Americas, in, in Europe, and in Africa. We are headquartered in Singapore. We also have offices in uh, London, in Tokyo, and Manila and we are listed in Oslo on the Mercury market. 
In terms of capital structure, we, we have currently about 300 million debt outstanding. Uh, the majority is financed by traditional uh, shipping banks. We still believe that traditional banks offer the yeah, most competitive pricing and also most flexible structures, which we like. We have very good relationships to, to banks, so we didn't face any issues in the last years, despite a general tightness in the market. We also expanded into the Japanese leasing market. Um, the Japanese leasing market, uh, again, we find very competitive. Uh, we were able to release equity by refinancing some ships and at the same time reduced our pricing. So it was almost, yeah, uh, I mean, a no-brainer to do these deals. <laughs> um, yeah, and we, we always look at broadening our financing relationships okay. and sources. Okay. Just following on that, I mean, the majority will be from the traditional bank loans. So what's the rough percentage between the bank loans and the, the Japan lease you just mentioned? I think it's about uh, two-thirds two traditional, ah, bank, traditional bank loans. The rest okay. is via Japanese leases. Okay, thanks. Peter? Thank you. Uh, so I'm Peter. I'm with Pacific Basin. Yeah. We believe we are the world's largest owner and operator of minor bulk vessels, <laughs> handies and supras. You are. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> our smallest vessels are 28,000 deadweight tons. Our largest are Ultramaxes, 64,000 deadweight tons. Uh, and we own and operate at any given time between 230 and 240 ships globally. Uh, about half of them we own, the rest we charter either long-term or short-term. Uh, we have a wide variety of commodities that we carry in the minor bulk. Uh, biggest uh, are construction material and agricultural products. We do not do iron ore or very little, if any, coal. So minor bulk player. Um, we fund ourselves predominantly in the bank market. We are fortunate to have strong support from our relationship banks. Uh, out of our 850-odd million of outstanding liabilities, uh, I would say 70 to 80 percent is bank, uh, bank finance. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, historically issued convertible bonds as well on an unsecured basis in Hong Kong where we are listed, yeah. uh, which has been very successful. Um, and we have uh, a little bit of Japanese leasing as well, uh, some legacy leases, but it's not something that we have uh, renewed in recent years. So the bank market is where we would go first and foremost to uh, fund our balance sheet. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Hansen. So uh, I'm part of uh, Precious Shipping, which is uh, like Peter's company, we are in the handy size Supermax and Ultramax space. Uh, we are a 30-year-old company listed in Bangkok. We're part of a, a company, a trading company, which is about 150 years old. Uh, this company was in the grain trading business, which is how we first got into the handy size sector. Uh, in terms of finance, we have a, a mix of uh, Singapore-based banks and Thai banks. It's about two-thirds of our financing, and then we also have bonds, uh, which I issued in, in Thailand. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name is Vikram, and I'm the finance director at uh, Scorpio Bulkers and Scorpio Tankers, which are two separate companies but affiliated with the Scorpio Group. Um, at Scorpio Bulkers, we operate uh, mid-sized ships. So we own and operate 54 
Ultramaxis or Camsomaxis. While on, at Scorpio Tankers, uh, we have the world's largest fleet. Um, it's a fleet of 109 ships, mm -hmm. ranging from Handy Maxis to the LR2s, uh, completely on the clean trade. Um, in regards to our uh, debt financing capital structure, between the two public companies, uh, both the companies are traded on the New York Stock Exchange and headquartered out of Monaco. Mm -hmm. uh, we have around $4 billion of debt. And uh, to break that out between our uh, different sources of capital, I would say around 40% of that is financial leasing, either in China, Japan, or Norway, mainly in China. And another 40% is uh, the traditional, mainly European banks. And then we have some convertible bonds and US retail bonds, which is probably around 10%. Mm -hmm. And then we have some export credit agency loans, which is another 10% or so. I see. Thank you so much. Uh, well, Uta, I uh, just mentioned that you recently did some uh, leasing with uh, Japanese counterparties. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you say a little bit more about that? But we're quite interested in, in terms of uh, how you see and how you structure a deal with Japanese partners. Okay. Um, well, the deals we did were with local Japanese ship owners, so yeah. we didn't do any Joico structures. It was uh, yeah, with local owners who are able to get attractive uh, ship financing from the local Japanese banks. And uh, we entered into bareboat charters with these uh, Japanese owners and indirectly benefited from the, yeah, from the attractive uh, financing cost. Uh, the, these deals are usually uh, long-term, so 10 years. Uh, leverage ranges, you know, I mean, it's quite flexible. There is no, yeah, no one-size-fits-it-all. It's, uh, I mean, the deals we did were 70 to 90 percent. Okay. Um, our main aim was not to achieve a high leverage. Uh, our main aim was to reduce our financing cost. And as I mentioned earlier, um, we were able to, to do high leverage uh, at lower financing costs. So therefore, you know, it, it looked very attractive to us and, and therefore we entered into these deals. In uh, Japan- Are these uh, new buildings or second-hand vessels? Uh, these were uh, second-hand Second-hand? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and long-term, like a- like a, it's maybe 10 years, Yeah, we, 10 years. That's right. We have um, purchase options purchase options throughout the term, so we, we don't lose control over the asset. If we want to, you know, if we want to divest or yeah, do something else, we, we can always yeah, exercise our option. Yeah, quite interesting. So why, why not purchase obligation, though? I mean, are you not intending to buy the vessel after chartering like a seven or ten years? Mm -hmm. We are okay to take purchase obligations as well, and, and we did, uh, if they are rightly priced, uh, you know, at historically acceptable levels. Uh, okay. I mean, one of the relevant factors, of course, is the determination of the bearable charter rate. I mean, if it is a financial nature, of course, the, the rate will be based upon the actual value of the SS and also the, 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 well, the margin, supposedly. But if it's operational, it's different. It's maybe matched to the market, value, market level. Yeah, so that, how, that's how, right. how you structure your deals in, in Japanese? Well, for us, the all-in costs are always important. You know, yeah. we, we calculate what are the all-in all in costs, and that's the, yeah, that's the function of bearboard rate and purchase option or purchase obligation price. Yeah. Um, and if we think that, you know, that level is, is, is a long-term good level, then, then uh, we, we consider. 
Um, it's also, I mean, we, we have grown a lot over the last four years. We have doubled our fleet size, mm -hmm. but we never did a deal just for, for the sake of growing. Uh, each project has to be profitable from day one. And, um, and yeah, one important so, so part. You're very sort of like cost, cost conscious. You want to make sure that your vessel is very competitive in the market. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, we, uh, I mean, financing costs play an yeah. important role. So, if the break-even, you know, is, is below long-term mm. charter rates, yeah. then then yeah. that's so a good deal. Is there any plan to expand your fleet in the near future? Uh, yeah, we we just announced that we signed a letter of intent to okay. buy four more LPG carriers. Mm -hmm. um, the deal is still subject to documentation and financing. Yeah, um, smaller ones as well for the pressurized. Uh, it's the larger size, larger size. within the pressurized sector. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Our focus and our growth was on larger sizes because the revenues are higher, yeah. the OPECs are more or less the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I would like to hear a bit more about your plans for financing those, uh, <laughs> those ships later on, but let's just leave it now for now. Uh, Peter, mm -hmm. obviously you, 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 you uh, receive a lot of support from your bank, you mentioned already. So can you elaborate a little bit more? I mean, I, I can see that you are very traditional, uh, no, with very uh, conservative on the uh, borrowing side. Mm -hmm. So is there anything you can share a bit more? No, I think, as I mentioned before, we're very fortunate to have yeah. strong support from a number of key relationship yes. banks. Uh, and it is the majority of our funding comes from, uh, comes yeah. from our relationship banks. Yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, it's evidenced last year we did a big refi of our balance sheet. Refinance. Refinance. We did yeah. a $325 million facility. A 350. A 325. 325. Uh, we took out a lot of existing bilaterals, suboptimal facilities, etc., and, and consolidated everything into a, a revolving facility, which gives us the most flexibility. Well, of course. And you know, the average age of that, uh, of the fleet that we financed was 50 vessels. It was quite a large mm -hmm. package, even though. The, the vessels in minor bulk obviously smaller and average, but the average age of that fleet was 11 years. 11 uh, years already? Yes, ah. but we so got an 11 year, well, 11 years on top of that profile. Yeah. So uh, up to 22 years, which I think was a, a you know, fairly good result for us. 11 at, years on top of 11 years? Yeah, wow. uh, at 150 basis points. Yeah. So I think that shows the value of relationships and having a fundamentally what, what we believe uh, a strong and solid business model. Yeah. Uh, we are an owner, we are an operator, and we are a cargo-focused company. Uh, so we are not a tonnage provider. Uh, we are out there every day winning contracts and business from the ultimate user. And because of our scale, we are able to optimize our trading system. We're able to optimize our cost structure. Uh, and I think financiers can see that how we trade throughout the cycle yeah. uh, gives them quite a bit of comfort on uh, how we do this. So we, we've been able to achieve very good results from this, uh, and and uh, you know we will continue to look at the bank market first and foremost as our way of financing the uh, the business. It gives us Understand. the most flexibility at the lowest cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the panel discussion, I, I think you mentioned uh, there's also some encumbrance to ships as well in your fleet. Well, we mortgaged the. Oh, you mean unencumbered ships? Incumbers, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, of course. We we we, we have since uh, closing the transaction last year. We have continued to grow the fleet. So yeah. we buy uh, secondhand ships uh, by cash. Uh, by cash, and uh, then when we have a sufficiently interesting portfolio, yeah. uh, we take it to our bank to to finance them. And uh, <laughs> we have a portfolio at the moment of about ten ships. 
sounds you don't need uh, some more finance from some other banks. <laughs> well, we, uh, <laughs> we never closed the door to anyone. Uh, yeah. we, we, we opened our bank syndicate quite significantly last year with a new facility, and we invited a lot of new banks to come and, and join. Uh, and and uh, we are open to other forms of financing. As I mentioned in my yeah, introduction, we have leases in Japan, which are you know, attractive, yeah. uh, and the prices of those leases... Are, are these Joko? Not no, Joko? they're not, not Joko, Joko okay. structures. Uh, the Jokos are a little bit difficult because of flexibility, no. but uh, just regular leases yeah. uh, like Epic, uh, I think, are quite, expand, uh, quite interesting. The cost of those are coming down quite significantly, as you can imagine. Uh, so, but but uh, so we, we are open to 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 all kinds of proposals. But uh, but flexibility is important. So any lease structure will inherently always be slightly less flexible than a banking structure. Yeah, my Joko is. Uh, I mean, it involves. Joko uh, is a little bit different. Flexibility, beast, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Got time. Yeah. I I also think always think that uh, Precious Shipping is one of the highest regarded shipping companies. So, <laughs> can much. you? share with us views of the strengths of your, your business. Okay, uh, so strengths, uh, well, one of the, I guess, big strengths is, um, as I said earlier, we came out of a trading company, so our commercial teams are, are very, very strong. Yeah. We think they've performed well over the last 30 years. We, we invest a lot in also our technical side, so we, we have a training center. We, we also have, a, we part fund a, a college in Thailand, mm -hmm. so that, that helps a lot. Uh, but the other thing, I, I guess, about us is that as, as a public company, we're, we're extremely transparent. Yep. And I think that that helps. Um, we're very communicative um, also to our, to our investors. So over the last yeah. 10 or 15 years, we've consistently be, been uh, top ranked as far as uh, corporate governance is concerned and on the Thai stock exchange. Yeah, okay. I mean, I understand from the previous discussions that uh, a majority of your fleet is not uh, covered by long-term contracts. So h how you deal with that issue with uh, your finances? Can you just share a little bit more with us? Yes, yeah, so that's, that's been the case with us for the last for the 30 years. Yeah. And we have seen, obviously, many different cycles over those yeah, yeah. last 30 years. And um, so it's, you know, we do short-term time charters and we're not averse to locking in our ships on the long term, but it all no, depends don't. on the yeah. you know, market conditions. But, is it uh, always the case or just uh, in the recent years? I mean, you're talking about 20, 80%? Right, so it depends. It depends. It depends. Course, we, yeah. we, we try to, you know, we, we look at what the rates have been historically and then we decide whether it's a good time to lock them in over long term or not, so. I understand. But anyway, it's uh, support accepted by the, the Thailand and also Singapore banks. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I see. Good. Uh, Vikram? Yes. <laughs> well, you, you already mentioned uh, you've done a different type of financing, of course, right? Uh, among which 40% is leasing, and majority from, from Chinese leasing companies. I mean, you are probably one of the flag in the last two years <laughs> in Chinese market. <laughs> uh, and also you have done uh, the other type of financing with the different banks, European and also uh, export agency as well. So can you discuss a, bit, discuss a little bit more about how, how much you did uh, with Chinese sure. and what, what do you feel? I mean, what's the difference between these uh, financing different options? No, yeah, um, so if we just talk about the last uh, 12 months uh, between the two public companies, uh, we probably did a little over a billion dollars in mm. um, um, Chinese lease finance uh, from six different leasing companies yep. in China. And uh, we did a little over 600 uh, million US dollars with the European banks. 
So we did like around 1.6 billion of refinancing on new debt um, over the last 12 months. For us, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we do have financial covenants, so we are mindful on the amount of leverage we take. We have a 60% uh, leverage covenant across so it's our- apply to the globe. Uh, to the group. Yeah, the yeah. most stringent uh, okay. financial covenant. You know, it ranges from 60 to 70, but uh, at the end of the day, you've got to comply with 60% net leverage. Okay. So you do, it, you do get credit if you, have, if you hold a lot of cash. So uh, we have done deals, you know, with the traditional European banks as low as like 47.5% leverage. Mm -hmm. And then uh, with some of the leasing houses we've done in the 80s, Mm -hmm. And um, as long as you retain the cash and the cash is not spent, it really does not impact your covenant you know, at the time of testing. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are mindful about that. There's a lot of value uh, you know, as an international ship owner to diversify your capital sources. So we like to have a mixed balance of both uh, bank finance and lease finance. And then even we are quite active in the debt capital markets in with US retail bonds or you know exchanging our old converts for new converts so we look at the different sources of capital that are available to us and even we are quite active in raising equity and uh, uh, you know for us our fleet is young um, in bulkers uh, the age is on average around three and a half years and on tankers it's four years so even you know, if we have like um, you know, 55, 60% close to that kind of leverage, it is fine for a young fleet. But um, you know, over time, uh, at least on tankers right now, when the uh, market environment is good, we've started paying down some of our bonds, actually prior to its maturity date, and trying to deliver the balance sheet. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see that you're taking uh, finance from leasing uh, banks. So, in terms of the, the percentage, I mean, you obviously mentioned 40, 40, 10, 10. So, is that, this is the current situation. So, how you manage this match the, the market trend, market change? Exactly. So, um, uh, last year, um, you know, with the summer, we did a lot of sale leasebacks on our product anchor business mm -hmm. as the market sentiment was weak. And uh, we refinanced a lot of ships, uh, 41 ships uh, over the summer, uh, both with leasing companies and with certain European banks. And we identified the ships that have low leverage yep. and uh, we increased the leverage, leverage. on those wow. ships and raised over 300 million of uh, liquidity from those refinancing of 41 ships. Mm -hmm. And then slowly thereafter, we raised some equity on the New York Stock Exchange as well. That was 337 million mm -hmm. last October. Yeah. And uh, you know, and right now in the first quarter, uh, you know, we had a good first quarter, a profitable first quarter. So we used some of the you know cash flows from operations to pay down debt uh, on a voluntary basis and try to reduce the that? leverage. Just yeah. last quarter. Yeah, so oh, okay. like in March, um, we paid off a little over $50 million of a bond mm -hmm. um, in advance and, um, uh, you know, but, tried. But, but everything is below that 60% uh, covenants, right? Yeah, but exactly. voluntarily paid yeah, and reduced that percentage. Yeah. So um, uh, when we raised the equity uh, last October, uh, 
you know, close to the end of the year because it's calculated on a net leverage. And when you have 500 or $600 million of cash, uh, you benefit from the leverage calculation because it's not on a gross basis. So it is well, well under 60%. Okay. It's Understood. probably closer to the 50% level on a net leverage basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Thank you. Uh, Uta, <laughs> come back to you again. Uh, well, we, we obviously sit in Shanghai and we talk about uh, the options for international ship owners. And one of the obvious options is the companies here. So how do you think is that a chance of, uh, or do you, are you interested in uh, Chinese leasing companies uh, doing deal with uh, Chinese lessor? Uh, well, and, uh, and if you do, what, what do you would expect from, the, from leasing companies here? At the moment, we don't have any transactions with, uh, yeah. with Chinese uh, leasing companies. And yeah. uh, I think traditionally, Epic uh, has been more a low leverage, you know, conservative company. We watch, as I mentioned earlier, we watch break-even levels very uh, carefully, and uh, we feel that high leverage is not always, yeah, desirable. Um, therefore, I think, yeah, we haven't done anything so far. But I think there is also a shift in the product. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think there are leasing companies now who offer lower leverage at lower cost, especially to larger corporates. Uh, so therefore. We, we never, you know, we never yeah. say no, we never exclude no. anything, we, we look at all options, we always yeah. want to broaden our sources. So what would, would you expect from the lessors here? What would you expect? Well, I think we would like to see lower leverage, lower cost and, and flexibility. Low, low leverage, <laughs> lower cost, okay. But then, 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 <laughs> it's, then it's more the traditional bank product, you know, then, yeah, then yeah. we are back to... to are you really looking to high leverage and relatively low cost and, and flexibility? <laughs> I don't know whether that's available. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I think uh, I, I think it's, uh, it's you have done, done this before. So really, com as compared to Japanese lease, uh, I mean, Chinese companies they provide more funds. In fact, uh, and I think it's very typical that they're providing slightly higher leverage level uh, in terms of financing. But they can provide flexibility and the long term, even longer term. But probably the cost will be not as le as less as Japanese lease. But yeah, you can find out uh, from your you know, colleagues and people here later on if you want. Uh, Peter? Yeah. Uh, I, I think you have you done any uh, lending or borrowing from, from any Chinese financial institutions at all? Uh, PB, no. Uh, no. We have no uh, uh, Chinese leases or Chinese uh, borrowing. Not yet. And Not yet, at one least. One of the reasons is because you do not have new buildings. Uh, well, we, we don't have any new buildings, but I don't think that's a restric restriction per se. I think Chinese right, lessors are happy to yeah. finance uh, second-hand ships. In my previous roles, I've, I've, I've done Chinese yeah. leasing, and it's, you know, it's been a sure. know, positive experience. But I think I can only uh, you know, echo what uh, Uta said about uh, the, the motivations, uh, yeah, you know, motivations, good access to the bank market. Uh, and and you know uh, this very high leverage is of no value to us uh, actually we, we we prefer to keep just like epic a conservative uh, balance sheet uh, you know throughout the cycle and i think that's what uh, enables us to achieve the uh, uh, the rates we get with the banks today having okay. that philosophy is absolutely crucial okay. i mean that's it you mentioned uh, uh, in the fleet that you earn and operate i think quite percentage of it is is basically charter investors right uh, yes, uh, and I understand uh, from from the market, and also uh, I think last panel they all mentioned that uh, there, there are leasing companies here offering 
a time charter basis to, mm. to, to, to earn as operators, right? Yep. So they become, the leasing companies here become the real earners and they mm. lease out and charter out. Why would you be interested in doing a deal with uh, leasing companies uh, by such a way? Or? Well, it, it, in a way, it doesn't matter who's offering the ship. Uh, yes. We are not that interested in doing long-term time charter uh, no. contracts. Uh, and that is because we, like many others, have lost so much money on our books <laughs> in the past, right? So uh, uh, taking in long-term time charters is incredibly risky. Uh, and Why is it long? How long it is? Uh, I mean, you know, five, five, six, years. seven years okay, deals. We, we don't do those anymore. So the chartering vessels in your fleet is uh, less than five years? Well, we still have a long-term book, which is costing us a lot of money. Okay. Uh, we're working it out as, yeah. as time moves forward. Yeah. But what we do today is we take ships in on short-term uh, short basis. Okay. Occasional deal, we can do one or two or maybe three years, but not longer than that. I understand. Also, we do not want to encourage more new buildings, right? So, you know, a lot of yeah. new buildings is driven by long-term time charters, and the last thing we need in dry bulk uh, is yeah, more yeah. ships. We have yeah. too many ships as it is. So yeah. uh, uh, we don't want to encourage that at all. Okay, thank you. Uh, Gautam? Uh, well, I understand uh, appreciate shipping issued bonds uh, at the local market previously. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So we have uh, two bonds, yeah. the total about $155 million. One was a three-and-a-half-year bond. Mm -hmm. The other was a um, five-year bond. Uh, they were issued in Thai baht, but we crossed, um, we swapped them to U.S. dollar. Okay, so you, you got a local currency bonds? We have local but currency. But you swap it? Yeah. Uh, okay, against the exchange currency risks. Yeah. Uh, five years, you mean? Five years and three-and-a-half years. Uh, is it a very competitive rate or? It, it was definitely <laughs> very competitive. We looked around and we thought this was extremely competitive, yeah. Oh, very competitive, very happy, okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you how much, but uh, it's very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, uh, Vikran? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think you, you were very active, of course, last year. As you mentioned, you got a uh, issuance of the new shares, you got a, a leasing, you got a, a, a bank loans. So. Now, if you are asked to expand your fleet by another 5%, how are you going to do it? Um, similar, you know, it goes back uh, where we are in the market cycle. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not in greater need for liquidity, then we generally do like to do the traditional bank financing. Yeah. Um, uh, but of course, if we do need the liquidity, we, we are very happy to do uh, lease financing. Okay. So it, I would say it's pretty much tied, and even you know it's quite important uh, depending on the size of how much uh, financing you need to raise. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm trying to exhaust my capacity with a particular bank or so. It's always important to ensure that you have appetite for future deals, so you have dry powder. So that is another consideration that we would be mindful of. And that's why, like, balancing between the different sources of capital yeah. is, uh, you know, of high importance and relevance to us. Um, so that is how we would uh, do it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think one of the uh, interesting points today for the panel is, again, uh, for uh, international ship owners, they are listed uh, from different uh, jurisdictions. So I would like to just... Uh, Ask a question in relation to this side, uh, Uta. So, I mean, you you uh, lead the company listing also in 2014. So, is that particular reason? But you based in the company based in Singapore, of course. 
That's right. Uh, and you, you listed in Oslo. So is there a particular reason for that? Or what's other? Yeah, I mean, to answer that question, I probably have to go back to 2014 <laughs> when we listed. Yeah. Uh, Epic was a different company at that time. We were much smaller. Uh -huh. uh, we had only 20 ships. Um, you know, and a main board. I mean, we were probably too small for a main board listing at that time. Uh, nevertheless, we had ambitious growth plans. Uh, the timing was very good. Uh, so we wanted to tap the capital markets and uh, the NOTC market in Oslo seemed to be a very suitable uh, place to do that. Um, a lot of ship owners use the NOTC as an interim platform mm -hmm. before they achieve the mainboard listing. Yeah. So we did that back in 2014. We listed on the NOTC. We raised $75 million, which we used for growth. Yeah. And uh, in 2016, we switched to the Mercury market, mm -hmm. which is a relatively new marketplace in Oslo. Uh, it allows for electronic trading, mm -hmm. which uh, facilitates better liquidity. Uh, and we see Oslo as a very you know, efficient marketplace. There are lots of international investors also Norwegian investors who, who, who are very knowledgeable, who understand shipping and who understand energy and, uh, and gas. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Peter, mm -hmm. I mean, Pacific uh, I think, is one of the very famous shipping companies also are uh, eligible for the Shenzhen Hong Kong Stock Connect. Mm. Uh, you're one, probably one of the <laughs> uh, very few yeah. shipping companies uh, who has that, uh, yeah. you know, a privilege. So can you say a bit more say a bit about uh, Hong Kong listing and also uh, how, how does this Shenzhen Hong Kong mm. stock net bring yeah. to your company? Yeah, so, so we are listed in Hong Kong. It's our home. It's our, we've been there for 30 years. We listed in 2004. Yeah. Uh, we headquartered there. And uh, I think being listed in Hong Kong has been one of the great strengths of Pacific Basin. The market has been very supportive of us, both when raising equity and convertible bonds. Uh, we have a scarcity value in Hong Kong. We're the only pure dry bulk company listed. Uh, yeah. So it's an opportunity for investors in that market to, uh, to take position on our particular segment. Many other markets, uh, there are more companies listed. It's more difficult to get attention perhaps sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, shipping companies suffer from low market values. Uh, you know, we, are, we have a billion dollars. We think that's a lot in Hong Kong, but in the big scheme of things, we're tiny, right? Yeah. But, uh, but at least we have 100% free, flo free float, which helps. But, but uh, uh, you know, being listed in, in, in a market where you're the kind of only one, I think makes a big, uh, big difference. Uh, we have been a member of the Shenzhen Connect, which is a mechanism for mainland investors to invest into the Hong Kong stock yeah, market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, our experience has been quite disappointing. Uh, it's not a big driver of the share price. <laughs> not yet. Uh, at least not yet. Yeah. Uh, and I think today is only some percentage point of the uh, stock that sits in this in this connect. The yeah. You know, our shareholder base is global, right? Uh, mm. We have about a third in North America, a third in Europe, and the rest in Asia. Ah. Uh, we would love for more mainland investors to invest, but we, we also acknowledge that they have good opportunities to invest in shipping companies locally here in, in China. So we do hope that uh, that, that uh, connection brings more demand, but uh, to be perfectly honest, to date it has not yeah. been so much. 
So you welcome Chinese investors to, to yeah. be a shareholder of your company? We spend a lot of time here in China. Okay. Uh, we spent the uh, day today talking to investors here. But it's also fair to say that many of the fund managers here also uh, can buy our stock out of Hong Kong with exactly. Hong Kong entities. Exactly. Right? You don't so, know, right? Maybe they're behind. So it's, not, it's, yeah. so it's yeah. not all about, uh, exactly. about the Connect uh, exactly. system. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very common. Like uh, the ship flying, Hong Kong flying, may not necessarily be a real local owner, right? Maybe yeah. from China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Gautam, would you say a few things about the, the listing uh, in Thailand? Listing in Thailand? Yeah. We've been listed since uh, the early 90s. 90s, um, yeah. Sorry? Yes, please. Early 90s, and as I say, I mean, we've, had a, we've had a very uh, good uh, experience there. We believe as a public company, as I said, it's our responsibility to be as open and transparent with our investors, that's mm. and um, which is why, again, repeating myself, but you know, yep. corporate governance yep. is yep. very yep. Yep. important to us. Yes, indeed. Uh, that that market has served us well. Okay. Uh, you know, we are historically a Thai company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand it's part of the uh, bigger group. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, Vikram, yeah, you want to say a few things about the New York listing? Now, uh, similar to what Gautam said, um, um, you know, we have to be very transparent when you're on the um, New York Stock Exchange. Both the companies are public, publicly traded. Uh, we also do enjoy good uh, free float, and there's a lot of trading liquidity in our uh, stock for both the companies, which is great because as a prospective fund or investor, they take a great level of comfort seeing that it's, you know, easy to get into the stock, but of course, yeah. e even if they need to exit, they can exit it uh, quite quickly, in a few days or so, depending on the position. But mm -hmm. trading liquidity is an important measure, yeah. and we, we, you know, we do enjoy very good trading liquidity in our stock. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, it's worked out really well, and uh, we, we are quite active in the equity capital markets, and mm -hmm. uh, we have a good balance of, uh, you know, the long-term valued investors and then some active hedge funds that, you know, stimulate the trading. So it's a good mix and, uh, um, you know, we, uh, some of these investors that we have have been there for a very, very long time and very supportive of the company, sure. basically since um, incorporation. And uh, yeah, it is, uh, they are very important stakeholders in relationships just like our banks and leasing companies. Thanks. Well, finally, I just would like to ask each and every uh, panel speaker's uh, last question. So, uh, we are discussing about the, the options for, for the owners, right? Time already? Last one? Yes, yes. Just want to say a few things about what is your idea uh, capital structure and to what extent your plan will be related to, to Chinese finances? Very quickly, perhaps. Well, I think I, I mentioned already we are conservative. Our ideal structure is low leverage, around 50-55%. Um, yeah, and uh, if, if we can see that from Chinese leasing companies, then, uh, then there is business to be done. Okay. Exactly the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just very quickly. So two-thirds would be amortizing debt, one-third bonds. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we, we also like amortizing debt a lot, and 90% of our debt is um, amortizing. Um, but in regards to capital structure, depending on where we are with the age of the fleet, you now we are very comfortable with our 60% leverage covenant, yep. and certainly try to be well under that. 
And over time, if the market is uh, good, you know, we would like to delever and further reduce our leverage. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay.